Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Another blowout loss for the Twins last night, Jim. But even more <coughs> newsworthy, certainly, than that was Rocco Baldelli saying that Byron Buxton can't play in the outfield because of knee issues. I hadn't heard that previously, had you? No. Um, and, you know, I've been kind of pushing for answers on that front. Mm-hmm. And they've been, and usually they're pretty good, kind of let me know what's going on. I think. I think this has been a really sensitive thing for the Twins as an organization. Mm-hmm. They signed Buxton to the long-term extension. Uh, he, when he's when he's right, he's one of the best players in baseball. He's a key to their fortunes. They win a huge majority of their games when they play center field, and yet he just physically can't do it. And he doesn't like talking about it. And he doesn't like being portrayed as somebody who can't perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know they've kind of tried to, you know. <laughs> What's the best phrase? They tried to obscure reality as much as possible to benefit Buxton. And eventually, with me writing about it and with people asking questions in press conferences and with Rocco being uh, not in the best mood this week, he finally just kind of snaps and says, hey, we can't. We can't play him. We can't play out there. He's not physically capable. Mm. Um, and, there, man, there are a lot of, a lot of tentacles to this one. Yeah. I would say, first of all, when he was at his best this season – he was not only hitting home runs, he was stealing bases and running the bases with remarkable speed, which makes me wonder, well, could he – so he can run when he's right. He can run really fast. I think they're worried about combination of running, um, wear and tear. One thing Torrey Hunter always told me is the hardest thing about playing center field was standing still in the outfield for nine innings. It wears on your back. It wears on your knees. Mm. Uh, I wonder if just the you know having to – spend all that time on his feet in the outfield, messes with his knee. Um, and it, it, it's a terrible thing for this franchise to have to go through because for all of their problems, if Byron Buxton was playing center field for them every day and producing offensively, they'd probably be in first place by eight games. Yeah. So do you think that Baldelli was trying to give Buxton some cover or himself in the front office some cover by finally revealing that he actually physically can't go? Uh, both. Mm. Uh, now, the reason they haven't talked about it before is they they feel like Buxton's their guy. Buxton doesn't want to talk about it. Buxton want to, doesn't want to answer questions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, try to soft play it, and also hope that eventually he could play center field. I mean, the hope was that he would be playing center field by now. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons they felt like they could slow play it uh, because eventually they did want him out there. They just didn't want to create too much attention to the timeline or or his his struggles. Uh, at this point, I think Rocco is. I, I do think Rocco is feeling the heat. This team is playing horribly. Uh, you know, every move they've made, whether it was intelligent uh, at first or not, is backfiring. With Arise hitting 400 and Pablo not pitching that well, mm. uh, and it, they're play, they're playing like a really bad team right now. So I think Rocco's a little uptight, and I think somebody just pushed the right button and got him to say that. Yeah. And and people, you know, following the game even a little more closely, seeing Spencer Steer now coming up, or is it Spear, playing for Cincinnati and playing well. Yep. And we never got anything out of Tyler Matley, really, except for yep. except for injuries. So, Maeda, coming back in the rotation soon or no? Yeah, I okay. think he'll be uh, making a start here in the next week sometime. Uh, I don't know exactly what day, but I think it'll be, here, be pretty soon. And I, I have fairly low expectations yeah i think right now coming off the injuries the the velocities and throwing at i would guess they're hoping 
he can give them like four good innings and he can finish it off with a bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you know maybe everything goes great. He gets five and he can. But I I think they think he can pitch pretty well. I don't think they think he can be the guy he was 2020. Mm-hmm. The Twins have so many injuries. I mean, outside of the ones that we're aware of, you know, uh, and Caleb Fieldbar, Cole Sands is injured and can't yep. go. Malley, Maida, uh, there's other guys who haven't been effective. So they had to add a guy to bring in some more uh, bullpen help in Ortega. They had to bring a guy up and, and dump somebody off the 40-man roster uh, kind of early in the season to be doing that, isn't it? It is, uh, but Varland was not pitching particularly well. Yeah. Uh, and they've had just too many bullpen injuries. The Jorge Lopez thing, uh, we have to be delicate about you know, his mental state, but we don't have to be delicate about the baseball side of it. It's, you know, he's another guy they traded for uh, who was supposed to play a major role. He was supposed to be a down eighth-inning guy. Uh, he had been performing poorly, and now he's not available to them. That's a big deal because now you got, you got your closer who you don't want to pitch more than one inning, you know, Brock Stewart is probably your second best reliever, and he's not accustomed to pitching those situations. I think he's going to have to, and I think he's capable of doing it. And who else do you really trust who's healthy right now? Yeah. Uh, you know, Fieldbar is a good reliever. He's been hurt too much. Uh, Moran has some potential. He has not pitched well enough. Uh, Jax has been up and down better lately, but still up and down. Uh, and now you're bringing in people like Hedrick and Ortega, who might be good someday, but maybe not right now. So, it really, this is this is what's why sports are fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think I still think this is a good team. I think this is a team that's put together intelligently, and absolutely nothing is going right right now. Will they go into the trade market and look for some middle relief help if they continue to be in first place, but don't really advance very far? I mean, it's possible everybody in the division can finish below 500 at the end of the season. The Twins obviously hoping not, but if they aren't by the trade deadline, if they're still around 500 but in first place, will they add? I would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think you're, you're spending a lot of money on Buxton. You're spending a lot of money on Correa. You, you're spending a lot of money on Pablo Lopez. You do have a very good rotation. You do have an all-star closer. Uh, you do have young hitters who, if they start figuring it out, could be dangerous. I mean, Royce Lewis could still be a superstar. I, I think that the two things they need are they need one more reliable bullpen arm, um, and then they need um, they could really use a middle-of-the-order hitter who settles everybody around them down. We talked about it the other day. Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz did that for a while. Shannon Stewart did for the, this team in the mid-2000s. If you have somebody in the middle who holds things down, all of a sudden your entire lineup looks better. Uh, I don't know if that person exists, but <laughs> I think they should look for him. Because, and, and once again, you know, one of the things I liked about them, their action at the trading deadline last year, even though generally I don't favor trade deadline deals because mm-hmm. they turn out like this so often, yeah. is they had Malley and Lopez coming back this year. It wasn't just a quick fix. Mm-hmm. If you could go get a middle-of-the-order hitter who's going to kind of be the leader of this hitting group as all these young hitters develop, that might be worth something. Well, Jackson Nelson Cruz might be available if San Diego keeps struggling. Maybe they bring the guy back and, and he hits again for the Twins. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have the, you wouldn't have very high expectations of raw production. But right. He might be a good guy to have on the team. Yeah. Hey, uh, talk about the links. They seem to be finding things a little bit, especially on the defensive side. Really, a, a defensive battle last night. Uh, you know, some shooting went awry as well to get to sixty-seven, sixty-one. But another nice win for them. Uh, well, I think you've seen why Cheryl's such a good coach. They start mm. off the season horribly. Uh, it's obvious they don't have enough talent at center or point guard to really be a contender. Uh, they get beat. They aren't playing good defense. And here we are, you know, a few weeks later. And listen, the record is still bad. Yeah. But 
they've dramatically improved their defense. They've cobbled together good point guard play, getting Tiffany Mitchell up to speed at a position that's really not hers. Uh, they've survived not only not having a real center. You know, they, I, they don't have a, a WNBA caliber starting center, mm. but they've kind of patched that together, even with Jeff Shepard being hurt, and she's one of their better players. Uh, Diamond Miller, who's supposed to make a difference, has been hurt. They've really just kind of grinded out victories. They've gotten better late games, better defensively, better ball movement. Uh, they're starting to hit threes, and, and Collier's been really good. Uh, so from the who couldn't see that coming file, seven different N- NFL players facing suspensions for various gambling offenses uh, of one type or another. Once gambling was legalized and the NFL wrapped both arms around it and started having guys who retired almost the day before start pushing gambling websites, you could see that there were going to be players that were going to engage in it. It's a lot easier to do now. No doubt about it. And, you know, we, we know how it goes, right? The NFL mm-hmm. uh, used to fine people for going to fantasy football conferences. Yep. And now they try to make as much money as they can off fantasy football. Now we have, they have Vegas in the league. Now you can gamble on your phone anytime you want. So they're playing – they're just playing a very difficult game. And, yes, I could rip them for this, mm-hmm. but I understand the difficulty. They make money off gambling. They encourage gambling, but they can't have it. Their league viewed as a bunch of guys who have bets placed on the side. Right. Uh, that is the oh, that's why the number one rule in baseball and why Pete Rose gets treated differently from everybody else is the number one rule in sports is don't call into question the integrity of your game. Whether you're the people on the field are actually trying their best to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I don't, I, I'm not sure exactly what the right answer is. Anything they do is going to look hypocritical, but they do need to find a way to make sure their players, you know, doesn't look like they're they're throwing a game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, only front offices by uh, demanding their coach bench everybody. They're the only ones that are allowed to throw games. Not the, exactly. Not the players. Exactly. We just have to call that tanking. That's right, tanking, not throwing games. All right. Right. Thanks so much, Jim. Thanks, Todd. Live at five sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.